because in school and i keep referring back to school because that's really what built that like discipline mm -hmm. or lack of is like to understand <laughs> where and when to stop and we didn't have that because it's like go 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 and just get that done you have a deadline you don't sleep you don't eat you don't do anything so i learned how to stop like it's okay if i don't do anything this weekend that's related to woodwork or architecture i'm just gonna wake up late go downstairs watch suits and, <laughs> <laughs> and do my thing you know and that's fine and i think it's just about understand like reading your body's signs and it's something i it's still challenging i think for the rest of my life probably is really realizing when you need to physically stop and mentally stop because if you're not rested and if you're not like mentally ready then your work's gonna come out bad mm -hmm. and you're not gonna do it like there's this thing like in arabic it's like a nifs like it's like your kind of like your instinct and gut but it's really hard to translate it it's if you don't feel like you want to do that it's gonna come out bad mm -hmm. so you're gonna mess up somehow you're yeah, like agitated you're irritated and you don't want to do this and then you're doing it because there's a deadline mm -hmm. it always comes out wrong Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cool Ass People. I'm your host, Brandon Heek. And on today's episode, I really had the joy of interviewing someone who is super insightful and came on the podcast and truly dropped some knowledge bombs. Her name is Balasen Shalabi. She's originally from Palestine and now works at an architecture firm in San Antonio called Lake Flato, along with running her own wood shop on the weekends. So in doing this, it's really interesting to see how for all my people that are in architecture, you know how the industry can be super demanding and deadlines can take up your time very sporadically. It's interesting to hear how she balances still pursuing her full-time hobbies while having a full-time job. She talks about how to tune into your own body and understand your intuition and know what you want to work on that day. And by doing this, you can start to not only maximize your output, but you also combat burnout. This episode turned into something that was almost philosophical in a way. I thought it was going to be very logical talking about the business side of things, but truly it turned into more of how do you focus on your body? How do you focus on your feelings? And what is it that you can do to just make sure that not you are the best you and you create the product that you've truly seeked out to create? So please help me in welcoming Bailasan Shalabi. Like, I mean, also yeah. businesses. Businesses yeah. demand a lot of time too. Yeah. Like, I'm impressed with what you've been doing. The amount of work that you're putting yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners, this is Byla. She's here with Byla Woodworks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Your content has just been on point. Wow. And also I love like success stories in the way that like, I like seeing people's growth go up really hard and really fast. Like, yeah. Yours has been consistently just progressing really fast. And it's been nice to see like, you're definitely putting in the work. Like, the quality of the product that you're making is like different than anything else that I'm seeing on Instagram. And that Thank to you. me is like one of the first battles is like, yeah, it's one thing to put out content. It's another thing to put out different content and yeah. like something that like I can glance at a video and know that it's you or wow. that, that it's your, yeah. That's so, a compliment. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I just appreciate what you're putting out and how you're doing it. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive into some of this and yeah. get a feel of like what it is to balance. Cause also like, you do work full time at Lake Plato, which is a whole nother ballgame yeah. in and of itself. Like for the listeners, like I, we worked together for a short amount of time at Lake Plato. I was in a different office, but it was still like cool to be in passing. Yeah. And also like I've seen some of the craft fairs that they're doing now. Like I love that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, so his, his little, oh, he had the cutest setup last time and it's just like. He did so well too and his stuff is amazing and they taste really good too it's not just presentation mm -hmm. you know it, they taste really good and you could tell there's like you pour your soul into them you know so yeah. i think it's like if i if i pretend that i know exactly how i'm balancing it i'd probably be lying it's it's i it's honestly like i talk about this all the time at home or to my friends it's like i don't i just don't know how exactly it's done there's no like specific equation mm -hmm. because first of all it just depends on the kind of project i'm working on the client that that requested it or commissioned me for it sometimes they're flexible sometimes they need something in a like a quick turnaround mm -hmm. um but a lot of times if it's this is funny if i don't feel that it's right for me to work on like if, if i have like multiple projects going on and like let's say i'm working on like a like an art wall like a wall art commission and at the same time like a entry console table or something mm -hmm. 
if like today it feels like it feels more right for me to be doing like something more sculptural or artistic than it is about a furniture piece then I just kind of lean towards that and I do work on that and next thing I know I'm almost done with it because I actually feel like I should be working on that as far as balancing things it's definitely tough Mm -hmm. it's it's challenging for sure and and you do have a lot of like burnout like moments right but I think what probably what keeps me going and makes me forget that it's it's something I need to balance is that I I have the like the passion for it Mm -hmm. right and I get lost in there like I get in a wood shop which is just in my garage Mm -hmm. that I hear a lot of trouble about with my siblings too um but it's just it's I get in there and I like it's like a whole nother world right Mm -hmm. like it's like I'm doing my thing. It's so satisfying to do something like with your own hands and actually like sketch something out and see it come to life. And that's very much like architecture, right? But there's this different like, do you get the satisfaction at work in the office and you see bigger things that are like huge and you know, a huge project that so much goes into it. So many different people work on the same thing. And that's one outcome. And then when you're working on something that's like so intimate and just so close to you and your heart, then see it come to life and then your clients are happy with it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. it just comes out to what you expected. It's a whole nother feeling. And so that makes me forget that I, I'll be stressed in many ways, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, burnout, like stress of like, there's this creative side of it and there's managing it mm-hmm. and running it as a business. And I've always been in this like two kind of fires like do I just want to do this as a craft and just go with it and flow go with the flow or do I want this to be like a big business that you know kind of takes off one day Mm -hmm. and so I like that you say go with the flow because I do look at these things as kind of like a river that you like go into and you have to let your intuition and your feelings kind of guide you to whatever direction you like want it to manifest into absolutely yeah I think lately it's been when I first started um maybe like a little backstory it was actually during the pandemic. Mm. Um, I think for the creative world, everyone, it's with everyone from day one. We kind of know we're into this side of the world, right? Like we're into, I used to collect cereal boxes under my bed back home and just like undo like these cars and take the like motor out of it and make little fans and like just do a bunch of weird stuff, you know? But I was a kid and that was like, you know, that's what I was interested in. And so the craft was always like the idea of a craft or making something or undoing something was always there. But what really pushed like this woodworking career was during the pandemic. I was in my sophomore year and, you know, we have these big, large drafting tables Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you go home and it's like, where do I do all this? (laughs) It's like, I don't have a, nobody sells. You don't just find a big desk like that on Amazon or Office Depot or something. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own. And I go to Home Depot and I just buy like, you know, six by eight pine piece of whatever I found. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I just put something together and it was so bad that I painted the whole thing because of all my mess ups. And I just posted it, you know, and I put it in my room and I put and it fit everything. It was perfect. It was the right height and started posting about it. And people were like, oh, like friends and coworkers oh, I think my mom would need a desk for, you know, she's working from home now and my dad and my friend and this and that. And then, you know, I was like, well, why don't I just kind of just start doing that? It kind of started with like home furniture and then it became really hard to push that out in the market. Mm. So then I leaned towards like smaller, you've seen like cutting boards and yeah. breadboards and kind of holiday, which is coming up and it's going to get really crazy soon. But, <laughs> but and so I started leaning towards that until I get, you know, more into the marketing, build the business and build the page and build the website and kind of, and that's the business side of it. Did I want to work on furniture more? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was always this other thing that I've been wanting to experiment with is just like wood bending or steam bending. Yes. I love it. Oh my God. Doing. Love it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it requires so much patience, which I don't have. <laughs> That's probably, it's so cliche to say, but that's probably the most thing I've learned, like outside of like the skills, because you learn so much when you do things and trial and error and you fail and you try it again. But patience, oh my God, because it's something I didn't really have. It was, it makes a huge difference when you learn to, you know, kind of adapt that skill. 
anyways, it was just like, and it's, it kind of just started taking off and I started getting like furniture commissions and then I started giving more time to not the cutting boards and yeah. boards. Mm-hmm. So like I started to focus on something I've been wanting to try and experiment with, which is the seam bending. I'm trying to, you know, for the future, kind of lean towards that a little bit more and talk and kind of explore that and see where that goes. And maybe that makes it into furniture somehow. Right mm-hmm. now it's just forms and sculpture and I'm just testing. It's like, there's a lot of science behind it, believe it or not. It's like... <laughs> what got you started into like steam bending? So like... Um, funny story. We had a class at UTSA that was like a design build studio. And so our class would be in charge of designing an art installation mm-hmm. for the main campus, the makerspace at main campus. At some point, the class, the whole class would end up working on one project. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, everyone kind of comes with one idea and what that is, and then kind of do like selective, mm-hmm. the selective process. And then it boiled down to like four good ideas. I think two decent ideas. <laughs> And then four idea, like four <laughs> ideas, two decent ones. <laughs> and uh, one of them was actually, if you, you know Yusuf, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he had some sort of metal, um, I guess these like rivet things that kind of mm, connect together interlock. and it's, mm. yeah, interlock. And we had to work on this like thing. And then I had the wood bending. Mm. And so my idea was that like, you just see, it's a makerspace, right? Yeah. So when you walk into a makerspace lobby, you want to see something that, sparks your interest like how did this how did this come to that and so we ended up going with the other one because they wanted to explore something more with metal Mm -hmm. and the idea of like getting things plasma cutter Mm -hmm. and getting things cut and we went all the way to mexico to do it and brought it back like it was way cheaper yeah (laughs) oh my god um it was an awesome idea don't get me wrong i think it fits for the space and for what like the future of that makerspace wanted because kind of like the technological advances um, people thought wood bending was going to take a long time, but we spent most of the Christmas holiday doing that thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was awesome. Though. It turned out awesome. I'm pretty sure it's still up there. Hmm. Um, but that's when I started to kind of explore that. And I started doing super simple, very little test, um, hmm. kind of like I made some random figures or random short shapes and forms. And even with just basswood, like the hmm. thing we used to model in school, yeah. it kind of just took off from there. And I've even after graduation and because I was like the first semester and the second semester, it was always in my mind. And then I graduated. And I'm like, it's just there, you know, and mm-hmm. like this, in, like this curiosity of like, where would this go and how could this go? And um, my biggest inspiration is uh, this artist called uh, his name is Joseph Walsh. And I think I've seen. Some, oh, my God. Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. out of this world. Like yeah. his thing, his I don't even know where to begin with describing his art. It's mm-hmm. it made it into furniture too, and it's crazy, and it's like one-off pieces, and it's like mm-hmm. it's just amazing. So mm-hmm. to even get to like some level of that is like one of my biggest goals, and I think I want to focus on that next and kind of explore what that is um, as part of like the creative process. And so I, I've really liked the proportions of what you've been making. To me, like so I used to be a graffiti artist back in the day. And I used to wonder why things are aesthetically pleasing, yeah. like the different shapes of letters, different sizes, different styles. And it takes a certain kind of sensibility that it is just like, I think it's almost like inherent with some people that you can like glance at something and say like, okay, if I tweak it just some, yeah. this way. It'll look better. Yeah, it'll look better. I don't know why. Like I yeah. can't put a finger on like why, but I, I've just loved seeing your process and how you've created these like gentle forms and that it's like, it, I don't know, something so like, just pure about it and also like you're pushing the the properties of a material that isn't necessarily what people normally do and I think back to like when I was in grad school I did a a project in some silos and I had to like steam bin some wood for my model which were just like cylinders but like I kind of got like a brief little taste of what you're talking about because I was like oh this is like yeah what what can I do with this like forget the project like I want (laughs) to I spent a whole weekend like oh, playing wow. around with how I make these silos. My professor got so mad at me. He was like, why would you? Oh, well. Yeah. I was like, I just, I made like the silos, but yeah. I had like a bunch of different ways of doing it. But there was something just so pure about like figuring out, okay, like you can completely change the materiality and properties of something by right. like just applying like temperature and water in a way. And like, yeah. is there a specific kind of wood have you focused on when doing that? Like, yeah. Um, so based on like research and mm-hmm. precedents like pe- the kind of looking up to certain artists or people even artists on instagram right there's another guy his name's tim 
and we kind of went kind of talked to him a little bit but generally people have used ash mm. um and i've heard beach is also just as soft because it's a soft wood it's still i never go as soft as like balsa or something no like i think because i think at some point because there's this thing of kickback right like mm. it's you can probably cannot calculate enough of what that is um so every time like you put something on like so like the pegboard thing i have going on like I kind of do it a little bit more knowing that it's going to come back a little bit. Mm. And that's why right now it's a little bit harder to kind of really make sense. Some of these pieces are functional because I need to get the method a little bit more down. Mm. But to answer your question, I think ash is probably one of the number, like it's probably the number one uh, species that p people have used for steam bending and beach. Um, but speaking of pushing materials, I've been wanting to test um, walnut next. Mm, wow. <laughs> and I, I don't picture mm, walnut. Yeah. So I've like, whenever I work on like furniture projects or even just even cutting boards, each wood species like wood tool differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And you could tell what's easily going through the blade of the table saw and what's giving you a hard time. Mm -hmm. Usually walnut tools really nicely. So I could be wrong, but that's you know, why I'm going to experiment with it is I've, it tools very nicely and it just really goes into that blade and, um, unless it's a really old blade, but yeah, it's purple heart, for example, which I love using. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. I need to like really push that thing and kind of really be fully aware of it. Trust like, your jig. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't like, it doesn't like the table blade, it table saw, it doesn't like the router. It doesn't. So I can only imagine that it wants to soften up and bend mm. definitely something uh that's on my list that it kind of maybe another another level of this experimentation is you know what what else can you do because you always see it in this in this color right mm -hmm. so maybe it's different tones maybe there's the purple heart and walnut and ash mm -hmm. come in and that's some sort of piece i'm getting excited even talking about it i know it's, you're getting me pumped uh, it's like, like i, I want to see what that is you know and that that into it like you, you just get this feeling it's like you opened up a whole another world to yourself that's like I really can push the limit and that's one of the things that like I liked about because people always when you think of wood or furniture it's always 90 degrees almost like rarely do we see furniture that's recently we have mm -hmm. been which is nice but every time you think of wood you think sharp mm -hmm. right angles mm -hmm. clean mm -hmm. flat and so I think there's a world where furniture becomes a little bit and maybe much more than that and then you start to see those curves and so challenging what wood is typically thought of as um then like what what we want it to be and what i want it to be so yeah that's been kind of fun doing mm. that and and definitely challenging and it's like you got to build this like eight i have like this eight foot steam box in the garage like it's, like, it's so crazy sweet. yeah and then the hardest part is also i think one of the challenging parts is what it's going to sit in mm -hmm. while it dries yeah and by the way it's got to be quick as soon as you take that thing out of the seam box you yeah, but you got to be ready mm -hmm. and so so far i felt like that pegboard has been the most probably the smartest thing so far and then at the same time it's the most versatile so mm. you can just place those pegs everywhere and just kind of do your own form and you can set it up prior to taking that thing out of the steam box right mm. so so, so far it's been doing really good and you could go as long as you want. You could go as high as you want, depending on your space. But, and it, it just sits there and it dries for two days or so. And then I take it out and you can glue it and put it right back in and let that all take form. And have you gotten commissioned for like any pieces like doing that? Like I can see that becoming a chandelier of some kind or like my brain goes a million like so now that i'm in oh, hospitality yeah. i'm like oh i could get you on projects to oh, yeah, do a freaking beautiful sure. lobby or something like i would love to i don't have any commissions for that specifically yet mm. um but i think it's it's definitely still early yeah exploration mm -hmm. which i'm i'm still obviously okay with and that's the whole process right if if you know i get a commission for someone that wants something wild i'm mm. still gonna go for it right and yeah. that's the whole point I can yeah. see that being such a nice statement piece, especially yeah. if you like somehow incorporate lighting with it. Oh, like, don't get my my yeah. friend's been telling me to do that. I'm like, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. Just kind of doing light fixtures, but yes, for sure. Yeah, I think there's so many things. Like it could go down to like centerpieces or a big thing of just this obnoxious like mm -hmm. lobby sculptural piece of just. I feel like that's the hardest part as architects is that 
our brains immediately go into like yeah. 50 different <laughs> things that I could like applications. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why I have, I'm lucky to have my wife that reels me in. Yeah. We both reel each other in because we're automatically like, boom, I want to yeah. do everything. All of it. All of it. Today. Like, how many like, <laughs> light fixtures, like how many different things can we make? Yeah. And so it's like by creating the rigor though, it's, that's how you get to like the final, like good Correct, product yeah. that people want or that you enjoy making. Cause also like you don't want to overdo it and like make something that like is just to do it not attainable yeah yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> yeah it's good that you're finding the balance because that yeah. to me is like half the battle <laughs> so i'm curious like where do you feel like your whole creative journey i know you talked a little bit about cereal boxes back in the day like where do you think this all stemmed from and also like back home like you're from palestine correct? yes yeah yeah um so it's a tough question because you know you you get that question on like your college essays and it's mm-hmm, like where yeah. did this come from it's like you can never really point it out. I, I just think that to every every person that's in the creative world, it's this it's this space of like safety and warmth that they feel when they work on these things. And I think that, you know, strongly connects to things in like childhood or upbringing or so it's always felt that way. And that's like why I kind of started with saying if it felt like I could work on something sculptural today Mm -hmm. then i would go and do that and it turns out it's like if i just have to do it because it's due Mm -hmm. it's different than doing it because yeah i today i feel like it's that intuition that like pure feeling that's like i need to work on this today because i feel like i need to work on it and there's a reason why you have that feeling and Mm. i'm a big believer of like you know kind of believing in your instinct and your gut and following your gut so it all plays a role but to kind of go back to where you know pinning pinning down where it really started it's probably back home i was born and raised in jordan and that's um where we kind of grew up for about 10 years or 12 years and we moved here but i think it all started there even though the woodworking careers kind of started here in the, during the pandemic but i i think it's just that everyone in the creative world or in the art world or anything design i think we find a satisfaction or this like connection to something in the past or something in the future that we want to see and it's something that has to do with emotions that maybe something you had to this was your coping mechanism for a Mm. lot of people and it was during the pandemic don't get me wrong it was definitely a coping mechanism for a lot of things what's going on in the world kind of you know everything that was going on i don't need to talk about the pandemic we all went through it (laughs) (laughs) don't bring bad memories but um so i i still think it's it has something to do with just feeling that you're in your safe space, right? And it's you're able to express things without anyone telling you this or that. You're mm-hmm. it's your own project, it's your own statement, it's your own so I think it has something to do with that. Um unfortunately I, I don't know exactly no, when. That's, yeah. That was a great answer. It's and also just, it comes down to a little bit of having something I can control in my life. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like in architecture a lot of things are like way beyond our control. And to me that's like People ask like, oh, why are you doing a podcast? I'm like, because I need something that's mine. And I need something that I can control and I can create. And it's like, I can see that in your woodworking. And I I like that you can bounce from like sculptural to super technical. Like the bottom, the details of the bottoms of your stools. Like even down to like, I I acknowledge all these things. By the way, I'm like nerding (laughs) out. Oh, this guy's in there. (laughs) No, on your feed. No, I love the stuff that you're doing. I love it. Thank you. It's so like technical, but it's also even down the way that you're like beveling all your edges, there's like not a sharp angle. It's like everything is so well thought out that it's like in your control. And that also like when it looks effortless is when someone's gotten fucking good at doing it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's like people don't understand how many tools it takes to do things in the wood shop. Yeah. Yeah. You think like, okay, making this just happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Making this box or these cutting boards, you would think is like, Oh, I mean like I understand the principle of cutting it. But then you have all the different types of glue. You have all the different types of process of sealing it and making sure yes. that there is literally like for every step that you think, you know, there's like another five tools or five, and five yeah. more steps. And yeah, that's definitely true. How's, how's the learning process been for you trying to figure out like where to get these tools and how to like, what do you typically use? Like, for example, if I wanted to learn how to make a new type of cutting board or something like, where do you go to for your resources or like, um, I learned that the hard way, for mm. sure. I started with a place um, that has high prices for mm. their woods. I won't say their name, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned the hard way because when I tried to do the business side of it, mm. 
it just doesn't add up. It's yeah. it's this is too much for something. Yes, it's handmade. It's custom. And by the way, like anything I make, I try, and my goal is to not replicate it. So mm -hmm. it's like a even to the cutting boards, right? And it's like this thing has been done for so many years, but how can you not repeat designs? So I learned at first, it kicks you in the ass, but <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, it's fine. You live and learn, right? So a lot of trial and error. I used to be, believe it or not, a very shy person. Mm. So I wouldn't go out of my way and ask people that I knew around. Um, but it did help a lot that while I was UTSA, when I started this thing, there was a, a the shop manager. Now he's a professor for a woodworking class at UTSA, uh, Patrick. And he was always very resourceful. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just... He cared just as much about this craft that he wanted to relate it to the students. And that's why he's teaching a class about it now. He was always usually my go-to, like, where do I do this? How do I do that? He showed me how to use a router. Hmm. Um, you know, very, very resourceful. He knows a lot. He's been doing it for a long time. So kind of that's one way. Definitely Google. Yeah, right? for sure. A lot We're of, in modern day A lot of Google yeah. stuff. I can't sit there and watch a YouTube video for two hours. Same. No, but just a quick, like, you know, how to use this machine, kind of a lot of it was self-taught, mm -hmm. but not because I kind of had it in me. It's just because, first of all, you have to fail first mm -hmm. to know what it takes to do something. And without failing, you don't know in a way you don't know what success is. Right. So you have to mess up really bad, <laughs> really bad. And I'm saying like, <laughs> you see some of the stuff I've done first. And sometimes I think of sharing those things because it is about what I'm trying to achieve is it is about the process, not necessarily the end product, right? Even though my page can reflect both or what I display on the website or Instagram or even whatever it is reflects both. But it is about the process. Like, what is this journey? Where is it going? How is it benefiting my community, right? Like the culture in San Antonio, I think it's so Mm -hmm. rich oh my like, god yeah. it's there's so much there's so much so it's like how does that all go back to that but i think to answer your question it's it's definitely i learned to be more outgoing and even when i go and set up at the markets i'm not just to myself mm -hmm. you know there's always another creative person somewhere sometimes there's like four or five people doing the same thing and it's like, yeah. it's like competition but like friend and competition mm -hmm. you know so and then you talk and then people have their their own resources and then you learn how to do that and you learn about this machine and then of course again social media and google and mm -hmm. all that but TikTok, definitely yeah oh yeah i haven't gone on tiktok yet but stay off of it dear goodness <laughs> my siblings keep telling me i'm behind because i'm it not helps. on tiktok but i mean you're crushing the algorithm on instagram thank so you. <laughs> it's kind of like it's fine yeah but... i think it's fine it's i don't know i just don't see myself on tiktok i don't think for some reason i think of it no offense to anyone, just no, a silly sure. thing. It, it right? can be. It, it can, can be. be. I know it could be just as beneficial like for Instagram. Sure. You know, it just depends on what you follow and mm -hmm. what you do. But oh, definitely. I mean, why the, the dances get to me. Yeah. Like, I don't watch the dances. <laughs> I'm like, but their algorithms do seem to be a little bit more forgiving a lot of times yeah. than others. And I'm saying that just from also like I have friends who are oh, like okay. crushing it on TikTok and not on Instagram. So you feel like it's a little. It, yeah. it can be both. I mean, okay. I, it's funny. I have friends on both fences. Like, yeah. I have some that are just insane on Instagram. So wow. it's like really just, I think it just comes down to like passion and consistency and oh, everything yeah. else will just follow. That's so. definitely um, a, a good point. Consistency. It's like you find yourself doing something. I'm like, should I post about this? <laughs> like I'm just in the zone. I really don't yeah. want to do it, you know? And even after like the account went viral, right? Mm -hmm. From one video and it yeah. was about wood bending. Yeah. And so it just went viral and it, you know, all of a sudden there's like 20,000 people on this page. Yeah. I don't like, I don't know these people, yeah. you know? So it's very overwhelming. It's like a stadium. Some, oh yeah. It's yeah. like, and again, I come from a background where I was still, I'm still a very shy person. Like I came in nervous day. I, like I'm still generally, <laughs> you know, a shy person, but what do I do with all these people? Are they waiting for me to post something? You know, it's like mm -hmm. this kind of, so it is overwhelming, but it's, you have to stay consistent. The one thing I promised myself is that I'm not going to change why I share things and how I share them just because I have that many people. Yeah, I'm open to like, hey, what's what more would you like to see? Would you like mm -hmm. to see more of this? Would you like to see more of that? And just kind of engage with them a little bit. But I definitely don't. 
I try my best to not become something that I wasn't in the first place and not forget where I came from. Um, and then that's like, that's my goal, right? Like this is there to help me push my talent and my skills, not to control what I post and what I want to do and what I want to share with the world. I think it so. definitely shows that you found this like rhythm and, you know, I'm still trying to find it with this podcast, getting it started. Like yeah. we've been, which has been awesome by thank the way. You so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're like, this is like episode number 15 or That's something. That's awesome. That's crazy. Um, but it, at first is like a little bit of like, we'll try to get it like, like a standard car or something. Yeah. But it's, now it's like everything's getting smoother. My yeah. setups are getting faster. And also I've been pursuing some people that have said yes, that I'm like, oh shit, you start to get like nervous. Yeah, it's like, like oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like you're one of them. I was oh, like, yeah. oh. But I just loved seeing your work and that you're like popping right now. Thank it's you. like, it's good to see people on their way up. Yeah. And it's like, I know I've said it already that I'm impressed, but like it takes a lot, like more than what most people understand. Like yeah. a lot of people can sit there from their couch and be like, oh, I could do that. Like, I know. And you get that a lot, by mm -hmm. the way. You get that a lot, especially in the creative world, because especially when you're in the creative world with people that just talented, it's very com like competitive, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very competitive world. We know from the day one in school, like yeah. it's always about that. And it doesn't have to be like negative evil negative. competition, yeah, yeah, but exactly, exactly. it's always about that. And it's like, but it, it kind of pushes you, mm -hmm. you know, it pushes you and it, it's, it motivates me. It's yeah, like, for sure. I mean, I, it doesn't, it, it shouldn't, definitely no comparing, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's one thing. You do not, you do not compare what mm -hmm. you have. Even if I'm sitting right next to another woodworker, I can guarantee you our understanding of what one thing to another is completely different. Mm -hmm. Our interpretation, it has a lot to do with your psychology, your upbringing, your emotions. Like it's, and that's like also like something deep about this kind of thing it's like it really is about what's going on in here that you pour into these pieces and what's going on in your life at that time and what's i don't like in school there's like 15 students in yeah. the same class and yeah. one project and everyone comes up with something different mm -hmm. it's the same idea right so comparing and like kind of it just puts you down and there's mm -hmm. no point right so i think it's important that you just it's important to encourage others and kind of on your way up and, mm -hmm. and you're saying it gets easier and easier and with support it's definitely it's definitely important you have to have like this kind of support system around you it definitely helps i cannot forget all my family and friends and i've had people that have you know believed in me from day one when i wasn't even sure i could do this right and so without these people and that support it's hard it's hard to keep going I applaud you for that, for, for starting this too, because it's Thanks. crazy. I mean, yeah. and then you're like starting something that like, you're always in, on a microphone or in behind a camera. And like, to me, I started with just pictures on Instagram, <laughs> like, hey, this is what it is. And it took me a while to like uh, do a video, like to be in a video. Mm -hmm. Same, and actually. It's, honestly. yeah. And the market is so saturated now. And yeah. I have friends with podcasts also that have like taken off and it's like, okay, you have to learn to like not feel negative about it. You know, FOMO <laughs> is a real thing like, you know, it's like you see someone killing it and you're yeah. like, that could be me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, all you have to do is focus on your product and hope that like, okay, eventually like, and I can feel this gaining momentum too. Yeah. Because it's like. It's like traction. I exactly. Think. Yeah, I think. Exactly. And yeah, I just, I'm excited to see like where this, I had no idea where this is going to take me. Like people ask me like, where do you see yourself in a year when you're doing this? And I'm like. I don't know. I'll tell you in a year <laughs> when I get there. Like I, I think know. that's an important part of anything like this too. And whether it's creative journey or not, I think understanding that you're like realizing and coming to the conclusion that you're okay with where it's going mm -hmm. is, is something I think crucial because once you start putting standards and expectations, like, right, you should have some basic level of like your mm -hmm. general goal. Like I want to do this by then how exactly that's going to happen you'll never be you know kind of getting philosophical you'll never really be in like fully in charge of how that goes mm. on right so it's so and it's relieving to, to understand and accept that part of this just happens right it goes it just go with the flow everything do your part just go with the flow uh, everything you're saying is so insightful <laughs> i love it it's fantastic i can get deep but no no that's good it's very no. good I used to have these conversations a lot with a friend that um, probably would love this podcast thing too. Um, 
we used to be sarcastic sometimes that like everything is deep, but it is everything is deep and everything has some sort of background. There's a like there's a reason for everything. Like you do something for a reason. Like you wanted to do this podcasting for a reason. Mm-hmm. I got into this woodworking thing, this craft, this architecture, this is not for a reason. And so if you let that reason do it, I think that's what I'm trying to get at is like don't try to plan what it needs to be. It is what it needs to be. You just you're just kind of the vessel, like you're just letting mm-hmm. it, you know? So I think. So you briefly touched on like some of your goals, you know, like just hypothetical. Do you have anything like just off the top of your head, something that's like you want to eventually achieve or like, um, the first thing that pops in my head is having my own studio. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I want a studio too. probably far down a little bit just because of logistically, it doesn't really make it's, sense yet. And yeah. rent everywhere. Oh my ridiculous. God. Yeah. Yes. Especially now San Antonio is getting crazy and crazy mm-hmm. now. And, Austin is not any better, but um, I think generally I'd like to be, you know, at a point where I've got some sort of, you know, foundation down to where this is something I can rely on mm-hmm. if I don't want to do what I'm doing right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and part of like this woodworking thing is to kind of merge into um, and maybe this is a good point to bring up that I might um, I will be rebranding soon um, because my overall goal was even before I even got into woodworking and going into architecture school is kind of having my own practice at some point. Okay. So, and you know, the more I work, the more I realize this is very stressful to Mm -hmm. manage it, like manage something and work in it are two different things, just like the woodwork, right? Like I love the creative part of it and I love just getting in the garage and doing work and, you know, sanding this thing down and actually hold up. Sanding is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, doing all these kinds of things, but then you have to sit down and on an Excel sheet, which I hate. Same. And my friend helps me a lot with, but I still hate it. And it's like, you got to do the business side of it and it's draining, right? So the goal is to kind of have some sort of practice that does a little bit of both. And I know there's a world out there where both things are are possible together and they go hand in hand, I think. Um, that, so that's, an, you know, kind of a big life goal. In the near future for woodwork, I think getting a little bit more out there a little bit more on the artistic side of it like woodwork art so hence the like steam bending Mm -hmm. and kind of where i'm trying to go with that i think that's the goal is to kind of deviate a little bit from the standard kind of typical furniture and really get into this crazy shit you know it's like (laughs) it's like where can this take me so i think that's generally what i'm trying to focus on and definitely a personal goal is to enjoy this more than when i first started i was definitely more about the numbers and this and that. I'm like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not my main income right now. And that's fine. Right. And, you know, to some people, that's their income and they have to do that. But I'm lucky enough to not to, to have another full time job at Lake Plato, an awesome firm. And to just be able to do this, you know, as a side thing and kind of start to grow the two at the same time mm-hmm. and hopefully find a world where they collide. Yeah, you can leverage one with the other. Yeah. And I, I've actually talked with some artists in Dallas who they don't they're not architects but the way that they fight with the city to get things done oh wow i'm like yeah. literally you're an architect yeah like you're <laughs> that's, that's giant what I do. fabrication <laughs> literally like you're a step away oh from my God, yeah. an architect like <laughs> yeah minus having a license like literally you're doing the same so i do see like a world where you're talking about that you can find this like between space where you yeah. can like leverage both and like also there's no ceilings in art that's what i love yeah it's like with furniture <laughs> there is an, an end goal that you can see more than you can in art. You know, it's like, I don't, I've seen some of the best furniture makers, but it's just, I, I can see what you mean by like, that's not the direction that I feel, I feel like I should go in. Yeah. You know? And it's important that you know that, you know, so how is this like, how has this informed your architecture though, too? I'm kind of curious about that because as designers, we all bring something to the table. And if I was in a room with you in a charrette, I would be curious, like, okay, what is, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's going to be different than everybody else. Has this like, I could see that you're a lot about parts, you yeah. know? So has this like um, hindered or helped you a lot? Do you feel like I've, at Lake Plato, especially because yeah. they're all about detail and craft. Yeah, for so. sure. I feel like, um, <clears throat> I feel like it definitely made me realize what kind of architecture I'm into. And that's no surprise residential Yeah, because it's, I think because of the scale mm-hmm. and the opportunity that you get to focus on these details, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not saying I might be detailing a furniture piece for a house that just getting built in millwork or whatever, but it's the idea that, like you said, the parts, right? Like 
being able to focus on really how that composition I think is important also composition and proportion I think I I'm like learning picking up that skill working on um furniture and like woodworking in general just having a conversation last night with my sisters and friend about this uh, like end table I'm making and it's like there's something off about the proportion. How do I know that? Like you said earlier, like, how do you point that out? I don't know. It's just, I feel like this is off. And I see that kind of coming into my work at Lake Flato. And then the other way around, we focus on that a lot at Lake Flato, the craft, the proportions, the composition, how do things look seamless and continuous at the same time. And some of that is also coming into my work. So I feel like it did inform a lot of things. Definitely that I, I feel more about just really getting into those details and mm-hmm. like right now i'm working in the higher ed higher education studio which is bigger projects larger universities great work mm-hmm. but i see myself a little bit more just like getting in the weeds you know like yeah. i worked in a little bit of the education there and i know yeah. that you go from like master planning a school to like small canopy yeah <laughs> and it's like so confusing yeah sometimes. yeah like, it's definitely challenging so it's like I, I feel like i have been leaning towards and i'm working with pam Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's a great amazing interior designer at Lake Plato and she's so sweet too oh my god she's I love her energy yeah. she's amazing always smiling yeah I don't know how like, it's like yeah. what's going on like yeah. <laughs> give me give me your yeah. <laughs> but um, so there's been an insight on interior design too and that's mm-hmm. been something I've also thought of as well as kind of there's this like world of I'm always I always think of spaces inside, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's why like I really get into the details and like the furniture piece and where that goes and how that goes, how tall that is and how for the person for their house, for what other furniture pieces they have and kind of everything has to complement each other. So I find myself more inside of a building than I am outside. So to answer your question, it's definitely informed mm. uh, a lot of things. Great answer. Again, <laughs> so, <laughs> that was good. That's great. Like I think, yeah. So and also studying different <clears throat> architects. Like back in school, like I know people hate this architect a lot of times, but Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh yeah, I love. I have him. his books at home. I love him. And yeah. The craft inside yeah. the rooms are equally like some of the stained glass, some of yeah. the furniture, some everything. The lengths he's got. Yeah. Yeah. The proportion yeah. is just like. He was doing it before, like you have Corb who's like copy and pasting buildings in other countries <laughs> because there's no yeah. Instagram or TikTok yet. Yeah, oh my but God. then you have people like that who's like really studying how you proceed through the space. And that's something that I loved. I've learned about residential. I haven't gotten it. I haven't really worked on residential, um, but I love the the questioning part for the client. That's yeah. like who gets out of bed first in the morning. Like, oh wow! Yeah. Things like that, like I feel like it's more intimate exactly. too, right? Like it's a personal experience. It's like intuitive, yeah. And it's yeah. about like what you feel, like who gets ready first in the morning, how, wow. if how do you proceed through the space, like like nightstands or to me it sounds not important, but whenever you have one that's the right height, the right size, place your nicely, day goes by better. <laughs> it is somehow, somehow, or chairs. Yeah. It's so true. It is after sitting in fifty different chairs in my living room, yeah. <laughs> I can find. <laughs> I enjoy this chair. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it definitely, like, I think part of that is that it is personal and intimate and then you get to, I mean, depending on the project, right, but you really get to know the client and I haven't yet worked with, like, directly with mm-hmm. the client, right? Um, but I think just knowing that you can get a little bit intimate with a client and it's just a personal relationship, it's a one-on-one, like, kind of thing, I think is what makes it feel better mm-hmm. and that definitely the scale i feel like i'm better with a smaller scale because i get to focus on those details like i get to focus on really what you know sounds maybe ridiculous to some people but what's the right size mm-hmm. for this person and what's the right like custom right custom everything's custom and that's you know all i'm trying to kind of go for as well with my work it's custom to that person like i ask the stupidest questions sometimes like i want to know like how you know like how tall is your family? Yeah. Like how, your how, family? how far can like, your hand go? How, like, yeah. you know, so, and those questions matter because if I'm, if I'm out here trying to do something custom, it better be custom to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not something you pick off, pick up off of, you know, shelves of Ikea or something or Target or whatever. It's something that's tailored for you. And that's how I think of residential work too. It's, it's that personal experience, a person that lives. And I've always dreamt of like this my own personal like experience in the house and how the light comes in and this and that. Mm-hmm. So I think part of that comes there too, is that I want to see people get that experience as well. So it's definitely, definitely more personal, I think. 
Yeah. And so I wanted to shift it a little bit and cause we talked just briefly at the very beginning about like burnout and that's like something that's super real that as creators, like in the process, I'm everyone bangs their head against the wall and yeah. hates it. And then afterwards you're like, it's I'm like, a creative yeah. genius. Like how did I, I look back at some of the things that I've made and I'm like, holy when? crap. Like how did I, <laughs> when even, is yeah, that part? When did exactly. that happen? Yeah. So what do you do as far as in your spare time that is like, I know that woodworking is like a passion. Architecture is a passion. Is there anything interstitial that you do? Like, um, lately it's been hard to do that. Um, I definitely try, especially after graduating from, from uh, architecture school, you know, I was always at school or at home doing schoolwork. And I think the first, my audience was always my family, like my siblings and my parents and so they saw that struggle. And so as soon as I, as soon as I, and I couldn't spend much time with them and I couldn't spend much time at home to begin with, you know, you're like in the studio to like, where yeah. I am. I told my something. family, see you on holidays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see you Christmas. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. And so I think after graduation, I really kind of really wanted to get back into that and kind of spending more time at home and getting a little bit that relationship a little bit better with my siblings and parents and so that's kind of what i focus on right now that's really nice um but i do try to like i used to play soccer in high school and i try every now and then to like just go and do it yeah like just for fun even though i'm really out of shape but <laughs> i can feel I can <laughs> you relate. know so other than that lately it's been kind of hard um speaking of burnout is kind of balancing growing at lake flato and then growing this you know by the Woodworks thing and then kind of balancing both things and at the same time having some sort of personal life. It's been hard getting into other like fun or yeah, leisure outlets, things yeah. Yeah, or outlets. Yeah. Um, not much of a reader, so I don't do that. <laughs> um, I but, try, but I'm still like, yeah, guilty of not like I have dusty horrible, books on but... <laughs> my nightstand and I'm like, I'm going to read them one of these days. Yeah. I think just enjoying time with family, um, even trying to like, doing like small road trips that's definitely one one thing um like just whether it's austin or dallas or houston i'm trying to plan a trip back home in december to uh-huh. um for a, for my cousin's slash best friend's wedding and so i think that's one outlet it's just like at least i learned to know when to stop yeah and that's kind of been what i've been picking up lately at least is like it's okay if you don't like it's okay if you tell your client i can be numb by august and it's still september and you know <laughs> especially because not in not in the architecture world like in the woodwork world it's fine because first of all like it could be someone like you know i'm thankful for these clients they've had four pieces with me so far and so i think once i did the first two and i kind of did it in phases like in architecture like phase one that's phase great two. Yeah, part one part two part <laughs> yeah. three yeah that's the i was like i it. can't do all four at the same yeah. time no that's great um so once I gave them the first part, I think they're like calmed down a little bit now and have something like enjoy. And so like, I've been kind of like really procrastinating these last two pieces and I'm like, like you gotta get it done. But it's like, I started to learn cause in school and I keep referring back to school cause that's really what built that like discipline mm-hmm. or lack of is like to understand <laughs> where and when to stop. And we didn't have that because it's like, go, 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 go and just get that done. You have a deadline, you don't sleep, you don't eat, you don't do anything. So I learned how to stop. Like, it's okay if I don't do anything this weekend that's related to woodwork or architecture. I'm just going to wake up late, go downstairs, watch Suits, and and do my thing, you know? And that's fine. Um, And I think it's just about understanding, like, reading your body's signs. Like, and it's something I, it's still challenging, I think, for the rest of my life, probably, is really realizing when you need to physically stop and mentally stop because if you're not rested and if you're not like mentally ready, then your work's going to come out bad mm-hmm. and you're not going to do it. Like there's this thing like in Arabic, it's like a nifs, like it's like you're kind of like your instinct and gut, but mm-hmm. it's really hard to translate it. It's if you don't feel like you want to do that, it's going to come out bad. Mm-hmm. So you're going to mess up somehow. You're yeah, like agitated, you're irritated and you don't want to do this. And then you're doing it because there's a deadline. Mm-hmm. It always comes out wrong so and i think it's important that you're also like setting expectations for clients and that it's like good things take time and yeah that, that's on my time and not yours like architecture unfortunately the people who are setting the schedules yeah. typically aren't the I'm ones not. doing the work yeah <laughs> um but that's good that like you at least recognize that yeah and like your own personal you know it's i have also tried to like really find the balance with podcasting 
and like editing and putting out content and like also because we I still get on wild deadlines too where I forget like that you're people say nine yeah. to five architecture is definitely like not a nine to five. yeah no it's way <laughs> seven to whatever eight yeah sometimes whatever is like, needed exactly so it's <laughs> open like, it's open yeah and my schedule fluctuates super hard and yeah. I, I think you're totally on point whenever you say like just have the sensibility and also like allocating the time and knowing that my wife has actually helped me get really good at is like Thursdays where she's like no podcast, no nothing. You don't get, we're not touching anything. And you got to focus on something yeah, else. Yeah. She's like Absolutely. allocated, time's allocated. That's it. And so it feels so good to like, okay, like yeah. I can cook us dinner. And right? it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's because fine. you know that the time is eventually yeah. going to be put in for it. So it's, I'm impressed with like everything that you've brought on so far. And it's so insightful. Yeah, and it's been so <laughs> great hearing like your input and how you've grown and i'm super excited i i do want to have follow-up episodes yeah for sure i'm so, absolutely down yeah in the future i think it'll be fun to like yeah. listen back on this conversation and be yeah. like i was only at 20k and now i'm like crushing it like i don't i have too many clients like oh, no. now i'm doing this big installation for the w yeah. hotel like i'm excited to no. see where you go and this has been like such an insightful episode yeah so. absolutely it was great and thank you again um i don't think when you first texted me i was like oh no way like he wants me to be on this thing and I think it's awesome, whatever you're, everything you're doing. I think it's awesome that you started this and it's some sort of outlet for you too. Yeah, for sure. I encourage you to keep going. And I think this generation is doing really good, like mm-hmm. with doing our own thing and not falling into this like yeah. nine to five. Yeah, world. working so, to death for a single company yeah. that eventually <laughs> will pay your pension. Like, yeah. No, thank so you. I applaud everyone that's, you know, doing this thing on the side, whether it's a side hustle or something that you actually do, you know, want to do as a business and, some people have taken steps like where they've stepped out of a world where they've been in for a long time and that's some you've got some energy and you know to be able to do that and courage so i congratulate everyone and yourself for starting something like this and going with it so thanks yeah, yeah. and for the listeners they can find you at bylo woodworks yeah bylo.woodworks uh, on instagram and then all my other information is on there as well got bylo woodworks website as well Soon I'll be rebranding. So find nice. me for that. Drumroll. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. we'll be. I'll, hey, I'll repost your stuff yeah, after you sure. rebrand, you. so that way I can be like, check it out again. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you.